Act One of the Comedy of Errors by William Shakespeare. Translated by William George Clarke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act One. Scene One A Hall in a Duke's Palace. Enter Duke, Aegeon, Gaolus, officers and other attendants proceed solinus to procure my fall and by the doom of death and woes and all merchant of syracuse plead no more i am not partial to infringe our laws the enmity and discord which of late sprung from the rancorous outrage of your duke to merchants our well-dealing countrymen who wanting gilders to redeem their lives have sealed his rigorous statutes with their bloods excludes all pity from our threatening looks for since the mortal and intestine jars twixt thy seditious countrymen and us in half in solemn synods been decreed both by syracusians and ourselves to admit no traffic to our adverse towns nay more if any born at ephesus be seen at any syracusian marts and fairs again if any syracusian born come to the bay of ephesus he dies his goods confiscate to the duke's dispose unless a thousand marks be levied to quit the penalty and to ransom him thy substance valued at the highest rate cannot amount unto a hundred marks therefore by law thou art condemned to die yet this my comfort when your words are done my woes end likewise with the evening sun well syracusian say in brief the cause why thou departed from thy native home and for what cause thou camest to ephesus a heavier task could not have been imposed than i to speak my griefs unspeakable yet that the world may witness that my end was wrought by nature not by vile offence i'll utter what my sorrow gives me leave in syracusa was i born and wed unto a woman happy but for me and by me had not our hap been bad with her i lived in joy our wealth increased by prosperous voyages i often made to epidamnum till my factor's death and the great care of goods at random left drew me from kind embracements of my spouse from whom my absence was not six months old before herself almost at fainting under the pleasing punishment that women bear had made provision for her following me and soon and safe arrived where i was there she had not been long but she became a joyful mother of two goodly sons and which was strange the one so like the other as could not be distinguished but by names that very hour and in the self-same inn a meaner woman was delivered of such a burden male twins both alike those for their parents were exceeding poor i bought and brought up to attend my sons my wife not meanly proud of two such boys made daily motions for our home return unwilling i agreed alas 
too soon we came aboard a league from epidamnum had we sailed before the always wind-obeying deep gave any tragic instance of our harm but longer did we not retain much hope for what obscured light the heavens did grant did but convey unto our fearful minds a doubtful warrant of immediate death which though myself would gladly have embraced yet the incessant weepings of my wife weeping before for what she saw must come and piteous plaintings of the pretty babes that born for fashion ignorant what to fear forced me to seek delays for them and me and this it was for other means was none the sailors sought for safety by our boat and left the ship then sinking ripe to us my wife more careful for the latter born had fastened him unto a small spare mast such as seafaring men provide for storms to him one of the other twins was bound whilst i had been like heedful of the other the children thus disposed my wife and i fixing our eyes on whom our care was fixed fastened ourselves at either end the mast and floating straight obedient to the stream was carried towards corinth as we thought at length the sun gazing upon the earth dispersed those vapours that offended us and by the benefit of this wished light the seas waxed calm and we discovered two ships from far making a main to us of corinth that of epidaurus this but ere they came oh let me say no more gather the sequel by that went before nay forward old man do not break off so for we may pity though not pardon thee oh had the gods done so i had not now worthily termed them merciless to us for ere the ships could meet by twice five leagues we were encountered by a mighty rock which being violently borne upon our helpful ship was splitted in the midst so that in this unjust divorce of us fortune had left to both of us alike what to delight in what to sorrow for her part poor soul seeming as burdened with lesser weight but not with lesser woe was carried with more speed before the wind and in our sight they three were taken up by fishermen of corinth as we thought at length another ship had seized on us and knowing who it was their hap to save gave healthful welcome to their shipwrecked guests and would have reft the fishers of their prey had not their bark been very slow of sail and therefore homeward did they bend their course thus have you heard me severed from my bliss that by misfortunes was my life prolonged to tell sad stories of my own mishaps and for the sake of them thou sorrowest for do me the favour to dilate it full what hath befallen on them and thee till now my youngest boy and yet my eldest care at eighteen years became inquisitive after his brother and importuned me that his attendant so his case was like reft of his brother but retained his name might bear him company in the quest of him 
whom whilst i laboured of a love to see i hazarded the loss of whom i loved five summers have i spent in furthest greece roaming clean through the bounds of asia and coasting homeward came to ephesus hopeless to find yet loath to leave unsought or that or any place that harbours men but here must end the story of my life and happy were i in my timely death could all my travels warrant me they live hapless aegean whom the fates have marked to bear the extremity of dire mishap now trust me were it not against our laws against my crown my oath my dignity which princes would they made not dishonour my soul should sue as advocate for thee but thou thou but though thou art a judge to the death and passed sentence may not be recalled but to our honour's great disparagement yet i will favour thee in what i can therefore merchant i'll limit thee this day to seek thy help by beneficial help try all the friends thou hast in ephesus beg thou or borrow to make up the sum and live if no then thou art doomed to die galler take him to thy custody i will my lord hopeless and helpless doth aegean wend but to procrastinate his lifeless end exeunt scene two the mart enter antipholus of syracuse dromio of syracuse and first merchant therefore give out your of epidamnon lest that your goods too soon be confiscate this very day a syracusian merchant is apprehended for arrival here and not being able to buy out his life according to the statute of the town dies ere the weary sun set in the west there is your money that i had to keep go bear it to the centaur where we host and stay there dromio till i come to thee within this hour it will be dinner time till that i'll view the manners of the town peruse the traders gaze upon the buildings and then return and sleep within mine inn for with long travel i am stiff and weary get thee away many a man would take you at your word and go indeed having so good a mean exit a trusty villain sir that very oft when i am dull with care and melancholy lightens my humour with his merry jests what will you walk with me about the town and then go to my inn and dine with me i am invited sir to certain merchants of whom i hope to make much benefit i crave your pardon soon at five o'clock please you i'll meet with you upon the mart and afterward consort you till bedtime my present business calls me from you now farewell till then i will go lose myself and wander up and down to view the city sir i commend you to your own content exit he that commends me to mine own content commends me to the thing i cannot get i to the world am like a drop of water that in the ocean seeks another drop who falling there to find his fellow forth unseen inquisitive confounds himself so i to find a mother and a brother in quest of them unhappy lose myself enter dromio of ephesus here comes the almanac of my true date what now how chance thou art returned so soon return so soon rather approach too late the capon burns the pig falls from the spit 
The clock hath strucken twelve upon the bell. My mistress made it one upon my cheek. She is so hot because the meat is cold. The meat is cold because you come not home. You come not home because you have no stomach. You have no stomach, having broken your fast. But we that know what tis to fast and pray are penitent for your default to-day. Stop in your wind, sir. Tell me this, I pray. Where have you left the money that I gave you? Oh, sixpence that I had a Wednesday last to pay the saddler for my mistress's crupper? The saddler had it, sir. I kept it not. I am not in a sport of humor now. Tell me and dally not. Where is the money? We being strangers here, how darest thou trust so great a charge from thine own custody? I pray you just, sir, as you sit at dinner. I for my mistress come to you in post. If I return, I shall be post indeed, for she will score your fault upon my pate. Methinks your maul, like mine, should be your clock, and strike you home without a messenger. Come, Dromeo, come. These jests are out of season. Reserve them till a merrier hour than this. Where is the gold I gave in charge to thee? To me, sir? Why, you gave no gold to me. Come on, sir knave, have done your foolishness, and tell me how thou hast disposed thy charge. My charge was but to fetch you from the mart. Home to your house, the phoenix, sir, to dinner. My mistress and her sister stays for you. Now, as I am a Christian, answer me. In what safe place you have bestowed my money? Or I shall break that merry sconce of yours, that stands on tricks when I am undisposed. Where is the thousand marks thou hadst of me? I have some marks of yours upon my pate, some of my mistress's marks upon my shoulders, but not a thousand marks between you both. If I should pay your worship those again, perchance you will not bear them patiently. Thy mistress marks? What mistress slave hast thou? Your worship's wife, my mistress at the Phoenix, she that doth fast till you come home to dinner, and prays that you will hie you home to dinner. What? Wilt thou flout me thus unto my face, being forbid? There, take you that, sir knave. What mean you, sir? For God's sake, hold your hands. Nay, and you will not, sir, I'll take my heels. Exit. Upon my life, by some device or other, the villain is o'erawed of all my money. They say this town is full of cousinage, as nimble jugglers that deceive the eye, dark-working sorcerers that change the mind, soul-killing witches that deform the body, disguised cheaters, prating mountebanks, and many such liberties of sin. If it proves so, I will be gone the sooner. I'll to the centaur, to go seek the slave. I greatly fear my money is not safe. Exit. End of Act One